Hello, 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 everyone. This is Hannah Kavanagh speaking, and welcome to yet another fantabulous episode of T43, just in time for back to school. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are you, Staples? Um. <laughs> All right, so for the first guest on the show, we have a newcomer on the show today. Um, she's a poli-sci major. She's a junior at Macaulay and Hunter. She's repping today, the bee's knees, the cat's pajamas. Please welcome Wendy Lynn. How are you okay. doing, Wendy? For a moment there, I was really scared you might have forgotten my name. But <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, not to mention awesome singer over here, oh, songwriter, amongst yeah, other things. Thanks. Um, so I'm really happy to be here yeah, and probably say things that I might regret, but that's part of life. <laughs> oh, we can edit those out. It's all good. And now we have... A recurring member. <laughs> a recurring member? A re- not a member. <laughs> well, you are a me- You guys are all members now. What's the membership fee? <laughs> <laughs> now we have a recurring guest on our show. Amen. Who's, before we were t- he was here to talk about music, and now oh. we're here to talk about, you know, something a wee bit more serious. But yeah. anyway. A um, wee bit more serious? Wee b- just, 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 just a, a little. Smidge. Um, sophomore <laughs> comp sci Macaulay and Hunter guy over here. I'm going to welcome back Matthew Barron. How you doing, Thank you, Matt? thank you. I'm doing great. I have an afro now. Yes, that's what's up. Nice. I like it, by the way. I like, <laughs> thank the, you. like the tight curls. All right, so the tea that we're going to be trying today is actually uh, Ten Ren's Jasmine Tea. So this is actually... Jasmine. A- Jasmine Tea. Um, I got this actually from the Ten Ren's uh, Tea Chain, which actually originated in Chinatown. <laughs> And so I went inside, and they actually had it in these cute wee paper bags. So I figured I'd pick a couple of these up. Um, And for the first time ever, there's no description. So I'm going to challenge you guys to paint a picture for the listeners out there. All right, so do you want, like, Williamsburg picture or, like, Manhattan picture? Like a sensual picture. Because usually with these tea descriptions, it's kind of sensual, you know? Do you want it now? And oddly flirtatious. Okay. I think the tea is going to taste really great. That's <laughs> like it's gonna be like a purplish type of type of tea. What? Like, like a little. Like what? A little <laughs> I believe it's gonna taste like a little discolored. You know what I'm saying? It tastes discolored. Yeah, it tastes discolored. Oh, so I'm gonna pour this bad boy, okay? Okay. All right, so let's describe the look of this tea. Like, what are we seeing right now? <laughs> this. Um, this, okay. <laughs> no, but um, without sounding like a snob, it does look like your typical jasmine tea, which is a good thing. All right, know? good. It's like a very true, rich, like pure color. You know, it's not cloudy. <laughs> nice, yeah, that's yeah. good. There's no hairs in it, so it's good. <laughs> well, that's a freaking relief. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean... It's funny. It's uh, it's there's a slight brownish tint for a green tea, which I find really really interesting. Oh, yeah, so interesting. jasmine tea is usually not like from what I know mm-hmm. of it, the tea is kind of like cured a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like one of your like for instance like gaoshan longding, which so is like a Taiwanese. So it's like a wee bit more oxidized compared to most green teas. Yeah. It, okay. it is. So it's it's not like by compared to most green teas, but like it is cooked. It's okay. a cooked tea. All right. I know I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you on this one. Cause I'm trusting to be myself too, because this might right. like, ruin my chances in 2020. Oh, this this smells really nice. Yeah, it's subtle, which is, is good. Yeah. Just like you, Maddie. Thanks, man. Aw, that's so cute. Thanks, man. Oh my gosh. Lovely. All right. So, <laughs> let's describe what we're. You wanted a sensual like description, right? Yes. Yeah, so how about? So the tea looks very voluptuous. Oh it's wow! So smooth <laughs> and creamy and moisturized. <laughs> Dang. So that's wow. the visual portion of it. You did a phenomenal job. Wow. So wow. Matt, hmm? what's the sensual portrait that you're going to? Well, how would you describe this tea for the listeners? I saw so the tea is very. It feels like hot scalding water oh, just yeah. going down your throat. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It feels like when you're in an uncomfortable situation. So this is uncomfortable for you? Like you're uncomfortable? On yeah, it's, it's just burning. It's burning my tongue right now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I have to blow on it. You, Let it cool. You gotta. You gotta. Um. All right. I'll paint a wee picture. Um. Imagine yourself fo- frolicking through a jasmine flower Gu- field. Guided meditations. In eastern China, as well, the sun beams on your skin. Um. Be, feel free to taste the wonderful uh, spring breeze 
of <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Right, this is really good Chasmine tea. Yeah. I'm sorry. This I is agree. all I gotta say. I actually like grape... disagree with that part. It's like a grape, like, um, grape juice commercial. Oh, you tasted grape juice commercial. It's yeah. like wow, just like twice the bitterness. Yeah, um, exactly. But um, yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, do you feel like you've tasted better Jasmine tea? I've definitely tasted better Jasmine so, tea. So on a scale from one to ten, how would you rate this? This is tea? like a three. This is a three. Yeah, like on shit. one to ten. Yeah, this is a like, three. No, well, because I say that because I have no idea how old this tea is, but it does taste I, like it's... I like, just got this like two months I, ago. I don't want to... <laughs> I really don't want to be mean, but it's No, like, don't be mean. Yeah, no, no, I like, mean, no, go be mean. It's fine. Don't be a mean. I'm not offended. Like, this oh, is Tenren. This is not me. All right, Tenren, the Jasmine's kind of stale is what I'm tasting. Wow. Like, so, because okay. um, Jasmine, like, if you have a fresh or even in a good Jasmine tea, mm-hmm. it's very... It's supposed to be more pungent. Okay. Oh, and okay. because of that, nicer jasmine teas has some nuance in it, depending on the sort of soil and water yeah. that, you know, goes in both bo- goes in both the tea and the flowers. So uh. this one to me is is so subtle that it's kind of like it's not even like subtle in like a Japanese minimalist way. It's just It's just subtle s- as it, in lacking <laughs> in scent and it taste. is eroded. <laughs> <laughs> but um right. yeah. But otherwise it's it's still like I like it. Okay. So like, I just give it a three out of ten. I love how I love how after absolutely roasting, you're like, but I like it though. It's fine. I don't know. But I do that a lot to a lot of things. That's fine. How so, Matt? How would you rate this tea? Yo, this tea right here. Mm-hmm. This tea slaps, man. Really? Yeah, okay. Man, this tea slaps. I've tried this tea before. When I first opened the bag, it smelled really nice, tasted mm, really good. I see. And then the flavor quickly like died. But about but about Tenren's tea, uh, I mean, you could have done a better job, but you know. Any tea is good tea, and we'll forgive you, and hopefully you'll taste better next time. Now that we've sipped the tea, we're going to be spilling the deets on on both of your experiences as first-generation Americans um, in terms of how you're raised, how that differs from the typical American family, as well as how um, your experiences influenced how you view American culture today. Um, so I know Matt. Both of your parents are from Jamaica, and then and when do you actually moved here from China, right? Yeah, like I came here when I was three, but like my yeah. experience growing up is very, very, like traditional Chinese. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with that. So it's like one of those like we come over, but our parents kind of like hold on to the tradition of beating us with bamboo right. sticks. And yeah, stuff. yeah, oh. yeah. Exactly. You perfectly described it. Well, <laughs> the thing the thing is, it's kind of a weird situation. I was born in uh, New Rochelle. Okay. And then I went to Jamaica because my parents still like live there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we came back here like permanently when but I was like two. Interestingly, um, when I speak to people about it, people don't consider me. Um, even though I am first generation, people don't consider me first generation. Interesting. The thing I hear a lot from both like the Chinese community that I speak with and people who are, um, I guess, quote unquote, like, like maybe second generation more like what you would consider established american right they'll kind of take look like hear me say oh yeah i came here when i was three and be like so you're basically american yeah but reality the upbringing you know it's still pretty chinese you know like my curfew is still 7 30 still yeah Yeah. it's it's like a big like the the country is different but like the cultural like stuff Mm -hmm. is the same like in the family yeah yeah and on to the thing we were talking about before about like you know, I jest when I say they beat me with bamboo sticks, but mm-hmm. that sort of the disciplinary aspect of it is a really integral part of, you know, coming here, growing up kind of like semi in that culture, semi right. in like Chinese culture, you know, um, the expectations of, you know, your obligations as a daughter your obligations as a student all of that holds and you know i'd really ha- i still don't know how americans discipline their kids you oh know, i really no 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 i don't <laughs> no, mean that no. as a joke you know no, i know really, yeah you know we hear a lot of like go to your room timmy's but like there has to be more that Time is out. done you know i think it's i think it's more of a variation to be honest there are like yeah there are like a lot of people who traditionally like in jamaica and like many other like foreign countries who traditionally like discipline their children hmm. in certain ways but then there's also people i've met from like jamaica and like other countries also who who discipline their children in a more like quote-unquote americanized way and yeah. the other way around as well i don't know i feel like those like i, I know some white them. kids who whose parents like beat the shit out of them and they're american that's interesting surprising. huh mm-hmm. and it's I like thought. i guess with the cultural aspect of it that's why like i mean for me i don't like when i was young i was just super messy yeah. So I think the only time I ever really got 
beat by my mom was because it was so messy she got she just got like sick of it yeah but like as an as someone who's like like much older now and who does have like a certain degree of like i need things to be kind of i need things to be kind of neat um i can see that her actions weren't you know being cruel or being like unreasonable but like that was the way she was taught yeah to discipline children so it's a generational thing and you know i i which is why like i feel like i mean on uh, to be honest like america does a really good job of this which is like looking into specific cases of like you know like oh my mom's beating me or like my dad's beating me and like kind of talking to the parents first understanding that Mm -hmm. you know it could be a cultural thing or it could be you know not in not in like not i don't know you know, you do you kind of get what I'm saying? It's just like, at least yeah. in my experience, the way my mom beat me was out of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hate I hate arguing about this because people people mm-hmm. always try to like argue about about me and say argue with me and say that like like you shouldn't raise a child like that. But like like a hundred percent that was like a hundred percent the way I was raised. Like mm-hmm. my parents would never like 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 hit me often or anything like that. But like yeah. like they would slap me if I if I misbehave, right? Yeah. It would or s- like usually it's spanking. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I th- there's plenty of meat. There, yeah, with like a with like a go go get the belt or get, <laughs> something like that. And it's, it's like like when I was young, I used to wild out. Like you guys wouldn't you guys wouldn't believe I was like a completely different person when I was like a kid. I, I interesting. Okay. Yeah, and like I think my parents like especially as i got older they did like a good job of also like, like the first time when like i used to make mistakes or anything like they'd talk to me and like have a good conversation and i don't think just because you're like beating your kids like something to go tell the police mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i feel like that's one side of it which is we're very fortunate to have like you know people who loved us and yeah did yeah. it because they loved us but on the other side of it i know a lot of you know, i guess ethnic parents who would use that to justify their abuse yeah, mm-hmm. which is, that's different. Yeah, yeah. It's a fine line yeah, for sure. But, but then, you know, I don't want to make sweeping generalizations or, or come up with a concrete general idea of what's right and what's wrong because, you know, um, the thing, the, 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 I guess the advantage we have with, you know, not being public figures or politicians is that mm-hmm. we can consider things on a case to case basis. We don't need to make sweeping generalizations. Yeah, for so sure. So it's like, you know, I would rather consider it on like a case to case like that's not okay that is passably okay sort of yeah it's definitely something that that you have to treat it by case to case like you can't like like you definitely they definitely they definitely can't send anyone to jail for like like slapping their kid but you definitely would have to if like the kid is like like being scarred or Mm -hmm. or like emotional trauma and stuff like that you definitely brought it you guys definitely brought up a really good point of like how parents choose to discipline their kids and how it is quite rooted in culture but it also brought up another question for me i mean to ask you guys um do you think that i mean when growing up did you feel like your parents in a way resented certain aspects of the american culture and therefore tried to shield you from it or to oh i have one word one there's like there's like many examples but the first thing that came to mind mcdonald's yo same yo, and they just... were really mean about it too yeah i know uh, my can mom... i have mcdonald's we have food at home i'll cook oh. mcdonald's at home is that why my mom was just my mom would be really mean about it she would hmm. like be like do you want to be obese yeah and, the mom you know, was like, as a kid you would say no i don't you know but then she would equate that with a certain sense of like beauty that i frankly like looking back i disagree with yeah hmm. you know and that was what you know that's why I didn't drink soda growing up. I didn't have any fast food growing up. So it wasn't from a health perspective. It was from the main the maintenance of beauty. See, yeah. So that was mm. that was it for me. Um, Interesting. But okay. I think it's also because like, I I think in like Chinese culture, these two things are very conflated. But I mean, of course, I feel like it's conflated in every culture. Yeah. To mm-hmm. a certain extent, but especially yeah. in Chinese culture, and it's really really funny because if you look at the character for show which means skinny and mm-hmm. pong which means fat the radicals for the characters are very telling because back in like ancient times show had the sickness radical oh uh, okay yeah so back then when these characters were standardized and 
you know, as it came down the line, being sickly was equated with being really thin. Yeah. And being fat, which had the flesh radical, that was just like a normal sort of like legs had that radicals, arms had that radical. Yeah. I think huh. I think yeah. to be to be fair though, I did like the fact that my, my parents sort of like did push towards like Oh hell yeah. More like natural <laughs> foods and stuff like that. Because it's that's I think it's definitely a good idea to not just like stuff mcdonald's in front of your children's faces like every day my mom was against that too yeah like cooking cooking at home when you're when you have children is very very essential yeah and that's like and like i didn't appreciate as much as like a child but now Mm -hmm. like oh my god (laughs) i can't wait to go home and for the next time for me to get like curry chicken or yeah. <laughs> I love for two days and I can't stop thinking about like vegetable soup. That's like yeah. the one oh. thing I want so badly right now. And nobody makes it like mom. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beyond that, nobody makes it like grandma. You know, like the whole that's Oh, it depends. No, my that's three Michelin stars right there. Yeah. <laughs> Actually it's funny. You said you bring up mom and grandma, but for me it's like my dad. My dad does like I see all the memorable cooking in the house. Oh, he loves to cook, okay. yeah. Is that a common is that a common cultural thing amongst Jamaican families for the dad to be cooking or not uh, really? I'm not not necessarily, but like I know in like a lot of like uh, Jamaican families, like the dad does take like more of a he does take like more of a like a role in the household than like in traditional American families. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And like um like specifically my dad's family, like I think his his family mm-hmm. like specifically had like a a high emphasis on cooking like i have a lot of uncles and stuff who are chefs as well Ooh, and like my That's grandfather cool. was uh, a fisherman and he used to cook like a lot of like fish and stuff in the house nice that's yeah. cool oh that is really cool well yeah. i came from a very conservative like su- ultra conservative like my dad is evangelical christian wow okay. oh, really? and, my, and my mom is like a hardcore trump supporter oh okay yeah. oh wow and okay. neither one of them votes it's great um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I grew up very conservative. My mom grew up more conservative than me. You know, like she came. Huh. Uh, the New York charm. Um, I know. <laughs> she came from a background that was so sex negative. Oh wow! So, like it goes beyond the act of procreation. It goes like, you know, like procreating adultery. Like there's always taboos against that. But yeah. it was so bad in her town that I think. Um, back when she was in school, she had a friend who got pregnant. And, you know, fortunately, she it was with her sweetheart and eventually husband for the rest of her life, you know. Mm-hmm. But on their wedding night, it was so traumatic for the two of them because it was such a small village and they really wanted to thoroughly shame them. Wow. wow. So Shoot. they wanted, okay. So they got to the point where, you know, it's their wedding night, they're heading into the bridal suite, you know, and there's like this custom, which is like, you're supposed to listen in on the bride and groom doing their business because it's like, it's almost what? like, it's, it's kind of half curiosity and half like good luck. Oh, okay. But it's like, it's really huh. jarring for like people who didn't grow up in that sort of culture to like face that because it's such an intimate, yeah. like yeah. you're being yeah. intimate with your lover. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, and As in just the two of you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like it's not, and sometimes it's not even like they like do like they consummate. It's sometimes it's just like words that you would say to them, like "I love you so deeply," or like um, "You're the light of my like like really intimate from the heart words. And yeah, I it's feel very like that's, invasive. That's the more invasive part. Yeah. So um, what her what the people in her like town did um was basically you know like sat there in their wedding suite and was just like we're not leaving until you. You know, consummate this oh, in front snap. of us, and they waited. Yeah, for and, how long? And they watched. They would not leave. That's Wait, they insane. they like watch with their eyes. Yeah, that's. So they were there openly, and what it's the, that, heck? the point that's a of, lot it, of what, it wasn't even like voyeurism or anything. It wasn't even enjoyment. It was just yeah, pure just, shame. Yeah, that's like. Jeez. Yeah, oh, and oh. you know, and that kind of got brought up in my upbringing too. You know, so if there, if there's like one thing that I feel like. Um, my parents were vehemently against was mm-hmm. you know sexualization um sexualization anything that to do with like sexuality even like basic bodily functions like i was yeah. so embarrassed yeah. to get my period the first time wow. so embarrassed that's crazy you know and my mom like out of instinct was would say like you're not going to grow anymore <laughs> you know and my dad's like oh you're gonna get fat now oh, and that's wow. how misconstrued that sort of idea is yeah like you know and 
all the negative things they say about you know like people who are not straight yeah like yeah I definitely, definitely you know get my that dad well. still refers yeah. to aids as grids you know like grid like gay related immune oh dis- wow yeah it's that's how Shoot. that's how like i f- i would think backwards mm-hmm. they are you know yeah so that those are the things that they're like vehemently against but you know growing up in america mm-hmm. we we can forge our own opinions on that you know yeah um i mean like it's kind of interesting it's kind of interesting that they are like a uh, conservative and trump supporters as you, as yeah. you said but like yeah. it makes sense <laughs> given like the the background they had yeah and and it's weird too because they don't even they're not trump supporters i wouldn't i wouldn't even like brand brand all trump supporters the same but like they tend to veer right not because of i guess like social issues so much as the economic issues interesting okay it's some sort of like it's a sort of like racial triangulation thing where it's like you know being middle class upper middle class a minority that frankly earns quite a bit yeah you know we are basically attacked from both sides you know from like both people who think that we should shell out for Mm -hmm. social programs and people who think that you know we're basically white quote unquote you know what i was gonna say i remember i took a a gender migration course last year and (laughs) one thing i found interesting is that well they referred to they referred to women as like the scepters of culture Mm -hmm. and that wherever women go they always there's always all this added pressure on them to carry their culture of origin with them and pass that on to their kids but i feel like that also i think that speaks for immigrants in general just to look on the macro um Mm -hmm. but it kind of reminded me of what you were saying before as in terms of being torn in a way between the american culture and the chinese but i was gonna i was gonna say um i find it interesting that you're that your family background or at least your parents were kind of sex negative because i you kind of strike me as such a like sex positive person did you feel like you had to compensate for like the sex ed that you're kind of lacking at home or how did if this is too personal of a question we can skip but how did your upbringings in a way influence how you view sexuality and sexual liberation any sort of like like regrets about talking about this because okay so growing up i mean we I mean, I'm a year ahead of you guys. Yeah. And I think your year is the year where they really started instituting, like, what I consider proper sex ed, proper mm-hmm. racial sensitivity training, and proper, like, per, like uh, personal development programs for right. teachers. My year, you know, going through it, that wasn't a thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, I remember when I was in fourth grade, the third graders had a ton of, like, new programs. So you guys got the shitty Common Core, but you guys also got racial sensitivity training that was not (laughs) available to, like, teachers who taught us, Yeah, you know? And this gradually got shifted to a point where, like, I personally think New York City's public education, in terms of, like, this is, is, I guess, progressing a lot faster than other parts of the the country. Mm -hmm. But anyway... Yeah, so this is a long-winded story but some poor malaysian kid harvey if you're listening hi um (laughs) harvey ran into like a the gifted and talented class um of like four boys and like 19 girls or something like that he's gonna be like hey guys (laughs) do you guys know what sex is um and (laughs) yeah and that that was like and i didn't know Mm -hmm. um like what sex um and you know, like any good child, I got onto the internet and was like, "Wait, how old were you?" Sex in this? Deska. <laughs> Wait, how old were you in this happened? I think I was like in second grade ish. Oh, that's yeah. young. Yeah, yeah like really, really young. young. That like is really young. young. And that was the year I started like swearing, you oh. know, picking up on those things. In second grade? Well, I didn't swear. I just learned about the F word. And oh, okay. I started saying stupid a lot more. Oh yeah, dang yeah. <laughs> um, That's the worst. But yeah, Stupid and then hell. yeah. So, but like, part, something about it really intrigued me, and it's like it. And then eventually, kind of grew to be part of my identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it was like not being like, over like being sensual, but like everything about it. You know, learning about it, telling people about it, yeah. joking about it. it. Just became like part of my personality. Mm-hmm. And then as I went to like high school, there was so much shame that and i went to i went to like a predominantly i guess like i guess majority asian school and there was like Mm -hmm. a lot of stigma against um this sort of thing were they also do you know if a lot of them were also first generation 
I, I can't say for sure, but I'd say a good amount of us, you know, we were from the, like, working class families. Right. You know, parents usually came here, and then we kind of did our thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there was so much shame associated with it. And I just, you know, I just, like, kept on learning, and I kept on telling people. And I kept on learning, kept on telling people. And then now in college, I just feel like people just don't know about it enough. You know, I had to teach a friend about birth control, like, the different sorts of pills without even being technical about it. And I think that's really jarring. And then I have friends who are like, you know, like from the same background as I am, you know, mm -hmm. raised ch very Chinese. And this is like a part that we're just not allowed to talk about. You know? Interesting. And it's, it's even more damaging beyond the whole like safety aspect, but like the whole like emotional safety, yeah. how to deal with sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. That's not like, that's something I'm still trying to work out. Yeah. You know, and yeah. because the way my culture has taught me to respond to it is take it. Take it. You're a woman. Take it. Damn. You know, yeah. men are going to be like that. They're just looking for some fun. Take it. Mm. Entertain wow. them. Oofed, oh, you know? no. Yeah. That's crazy. I was going to ask you, Matt. So how um, just same question. Do you f how was did your upbringing in a way? Um, or at least to making culture in a way influence how you view sexuality, sexual liberation. Sexuality? I mean, it might yeah. be different from how. Yeah, it was. From, yeah. Completely you, like 180. Like my parents, they explained to me like uh, they explained to me like like everything. Well, not everything, but they explained to me like the basics, mm -hmm. like before. <laughs> yeah. Before like standard sex. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like before before I even got to like the sixth grade, like maybe like while I was entering the sixth grade, and they got me like this this little book. I still remember the name. It's like, what's going on down there? My parents are like really open, surprisingly okay. about that. I still talk to like my parents about my personal life, even more than I would my friends. I don't really talk to my friends about that sort of stuff. Mostly go to my parents and my, for that's that, cool. and my brother. Mm -hmm. Do you feel so. like that's a common part of the Jamaican culture? Or do you feel like your parents are the exception to the rule? I think like there's a lot of variation within Jamaican culture. Like uh, there's a lot of different, it depends on like where you're from in Jamaica. Right. Like the ethnicity of the person mm -hmm. and and so forth but then one thing that is common with like a lot of jamaicans on the other hand sadly is like in terms of sexuality is like homophobia um, like okay. person like like i know people who are like jamaican and like uh gay and mm -hmm. their parents would disown them instantly wow okay. yeah yeah my dad like when i was in the middle school he said if i ever was gay i would get disowned instantly holy shoot yeah wow yeah okay I think we should like also say like the caveat is like this is our personal experience. We like we can't speak for entire cultures. Yeah, of yeah, course. Exactly. So yeah. this yeah. is like from what we like. These are our own opinions. What we experience. Yeah. You know? no, of course, it's a good island, thing to preface for sure. Yeah. First small island, Jamaica. Jamaica has like so many different like, like like uh, like Jamaican cultures. Like there's one big thing. Mm -hmm. But then there's also like so many different type of people in Jamaica. That's Fair. why the model of the country is out of many one people. Which oh, makes okay. sense a lot, yeah. That's so cute. Yeah, yeah, it's I crazy. I love that. Oh my yeah. god. Nice. Um, I was going to, I was going to ask you guys as well, because I, I've been thinking about this for a while. Um, because well, my mom's from Scotland, my dad's from America, but I rare, I never see him. I have no connection with him whatsoever. It's mainly just my mom who's been raising me as a single parent. Yeah. Um, but Same. yes, <laughs> yeah. can relate. Um. But the interesting thing about it is that sometimes I do feel torn between, like, the American side of myself and the Scottish side of myself. Oh, yeah, all the time. There's yeah. moments where I feel, like, more like more Scottish than American. I feel like I understand Scottish pattern more. I understand the culture more. Um, whereas there's certain aspects of American culture that I may not like or kind of see more from, like, a foreign perspective. But yeah. I was wondering if you guys felt the same way. Maybe yeah. We can talk more about that. Like, definitely. And I, like, honestly, like, the, the one thing, the one thing that I, I get kind of, like, upset about sometimes is that I don't know, I just don't know, like, enough Jamaican people, like, anymore. Hmm. Like, I, like, mm -hmm. I don't hear anyone speak Patois mm -hmm. or, or there's no one here that, like, 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 I can go to, like, the store and then get jerk chicken with them or something like that. There's, there's, like, no one. We can get jerk chicken. Yeah. yeah okay. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. As like a group right after this. Side note, I did do like a lot of like fancy ash whooshy hand movements yeah, to get did. him to agree. Yeah. That was like low key voguing right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my high school was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like 
I love everyone there, but then like everyone there had like at least someone who had something in common with them culturally. There were like like a couple of like Asian kids. Mm-hmm. There were like a ton of Jewish kids, and like maybe like like five Hispanic kids. But I was like the only person of Jamaican origin in the school. Hmm. Like the only person. Like within like all four years of the school. I'm within like, all the only person. Yeah, I was like like Shoot. all four years, and I was like definitely still now too. Yeah, and I was like one of like. Man was the last one. I was one of two. I was like one of. You're the last one. Yeah. I'm the, the last, last of them. Jamaican. Master of all Wait, four elements. Yeah. Of, of all four jerk bread. Well, when the world needed him the most, he graduated. <laughs> um, oh, but Wendy, do you sometimes feel torn between the Chinese side of yourself and the American side of yourself? Oh. I don't know. I feel like. People in my position tend to identify strongly as being Asian American. Okay. But I can't even, I don't even identify myself like that. So what I've done is like, I'm procrastinating on the issue and just not identifying myself. Yeah. Okay, fair. Um, Because it's like, I feel like I orient myself politically a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to feel out like where I am. And from where I am, I don't think any of these identities I can full hearted, like wholeheartedly support, like mm-hmm. subscribe myself so, to. Yeah, that's exactly what I feel like. Yeah, like, and, and there's, because they're like stereotypes, but yeah. part of it is that it really does ring true and it makes it difficult to make friends with yeah. people in the same community. Like, yeah. I had trouble relating with my peers who are, and like, like a, from China. You oh, know? wow, oh, yeah. Like, it's so hard. Yeah, and it's, like, a big thing, too, is, like, now we live in, like, an age where it's becoming very globalized, and people are... Every, everyone, like, basically everyone in New York City has, like, like an origin somewhere else yeah. outside of the city, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah. everyone has, like, some sort of, like, lost identity. Yeah. They don't know how to, like, identify themselves. Like, a true New Yorker is, like, when you see your parent... Like, when you grow up watching your parents, like, work their asses off, Yeah, exactly, opinion. yeah. But, you know, like, there are New Yorkers here who, like, don't necessarily have that same sort of, like, watching your parents do, like, two jobs, three jobs, four jobs. Yeah. Or, like, working deep into night, working night shifts. Yeah. No. So when did you first become aware of this kind of push-pull factor in terms of the two sides of yourself when did you first become aware of that i mean i guess for me like i was always called a banana white on the inside oh yeah oreo for me no No. i mean but no it's like a it some people use that as a term of endearment but i really i was not comfortable with that term oh yeah because banana slowly turned into whitewashed yeah Mm. and i can't relate to that like if i were to think whitewashed asian girl this is gonna offend so many people yeah but i'm thinking about living in bayside upper middle class family father's probably a doctor or lawyer wears like pastel colored kankin all the time has like feel like has like timberlands because they're new real new york blank yeah <laughs> totally you know and like pale is this my my time to insert the past <laughs> to play it on google um <laughs> but um no. yeah like and i like i am like i don't even consider them whitewash but it's like I don't identify with that. I'm not that. I grew up, like, central Queens in a predominantly, like, mixed Asian neighborhood. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It's interesting. Yeah, and it's, like, and it's, like, I feel like that's kind of the reason why, like, among other personality reasons that, like, I had a lot of trouble making friends with um, my Asian peers. You know, like, I felt more comfortable hanging out with the LGBTQ kids Hmm. than I did hanging out with you know, people who needed me, demanded me to wear Urban Outfitters, to wear Fjall Robbins. Yeah, they're basically forcing you into, like, stereotypes. To have and a yeah. Fuji film. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I, I couldn't relate to that. And then I couldn't relate to the, like, American girls either, or the, yeah. like, the Americans yeah. who, you know, like, I didn't have Chipotle until freshman year. I didn't know what the yeah, exactly. fuck Chipotle was. Yeah, I, I feel, but I Dan feel was so heavy. The first time. Like, <laughs> like, as to me, yeah, that's the better one. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Chipotle all the way. Oh, no. Dos Taros. Tastes so good. Oh, Dos Taros. I'm alone. <laughs> all good. But, like, like for me, I I, I come, I, I, I've had, like, a very similar experience. I grew up in, in Wakefield, which is, like, a predominantly, like, African-American community. And, like, it, it insults me so much because in high school, like, 
like I met white people for the first time and dudes interesting yeah dudes, okay like the yeah. first thing the first thing they the first the, the first thing they noticed about me is that like like uh that i'm apparently like like black but i act white somehow and that's like the biggest insult for me because mm-hmm. i don't even i don't even know like m- like many white people outside of high school mm-hmm. so i don't know what i'm acting like like at the time i just saw it as being myself yeah the thing is the thing i noticed with is the thing i noticed with this is that like Personally, in Jamaican culture, mm-hmm. Jamaican uh, Jamaica is not really as like a like race doesn't play as big of a as big of a deal there right. as it does here. So, like the fact that I'm black didn't really like 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 influence me to act a certain way. I didn't feel like the need to do anything. And what was more insulting is when they said when they referred to me as acting white, they did it in a way that made it seem as if they were complimenting me, as if like a. Yeah, like I sound right? intelligent yeah. because I sound intelligent and therefore I'm acting white. No, it's just white. you just so you just so happen to be intelligent. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not a white thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's like a lot of other things that I, like, like I joke about it, mm-hmm. but like I don't actually think it defines like what whiteness means in America. Yeah, and I feel like there's you know there's a lot of <laughs> academic works defining quote unquote whiteness in America, especially in relations to like. Oh, like what if you are Eastern European? What if you are a Western European of descent? What if you're Jewish? You know, and it's like I don't understand why there's only so much work on the triangulation of race within, like quote unquote, white America. Yeah. But there's so much work on like racial triangulation when it comes to Asians. You know, like we are quote unquote above, like we are not like. Uh, black Americans and white Americans are insiders mm. and but an Asian American is an outsider and however in terms of like quote unquote status it's like the Asian is above the black American but below the white American and yeah it, yeah and it's like it, it's, it's all, yeah it's just weird for me because and this well, is like an actual like sociological finding which you know granted i personally feel like is a little dated but it's like yeah that is really uncomfortable to know that the, there's another dimension of like being an insider or an outsider yeah you know and that's yeah, the part is. that makes me so uncomfortable especially with like u.s china relations today, yeah you know yeah it's interesting because well with my well i know in scotland specifically race isn't really it's not a thing at all. You are well, it's sheep more or human. It's it's either your cat. <laughs> well, it's, there's the whole Catholic mm-hmm, Protestant yeah. kind of feud mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, but exactly. it's race doesn't really play a part as much, I guess, because there's not a lot of black people there. And there's not a lot of Asian people there. Makes but sense. it's still not. not it's still not a prominent thing. Like no one. But it's, it's. I feel like race is. Um, it's such an American ideology, like the whole construct of race. I mean, unless you, I mean, you might disagree with that. It's, I don't think it's an American ideology. Yeah. Europe in general, they might not. They drugged up my country, bro. <laughs> they yeah. did. Europe, the avoid wars are a bitch. Race, race is like a, race is like a, a concept that predates the country. Yeah, like I feel like it's so rooted in American thinking, though. It I mean, is. I it is. Yeah, America. So, America is definitely like top ten, one of the the countries that. Yeah. That focuses on race. Well, I feel like of the countries the founded at that time, like, think, like, mm-hmm. end of 18th century, or, like, even, like, I feel like, like America was uniquely positioned in a way that there had to be a, quote-unquote, like, defense of whiteness yeah. written yeah. into the Constitution. Yeah, but trust me, there's, like, you know, there's, like, racism, there's, like, racism, uh... Or at I mean, least like, colorism. within, within the United color. Kingdom. Or color, yeah, there's racism or colorism that, like, that's sort of like sometimes skin tone it's like a lot more difficult to deal with than in like the states like like south africa like during the apartheid or mm. like well and by america within the states i mean like america now and then there's also like the dominican republic dominican people in dominican republic are very racist mm. yeah and like even like even a little bit between like individuals in different countries like i know like like jamaican indians are still like very like prejudice yeah yeah I and mean, like, yeah. colorism is like something like even like on its own like for instance right. a like, lot of a lot of people in asia can't even get jobs if they're not like pretty or pale yeah oh, exactly you know? in jamaica, and, uh, that's a korean beauty yeah. standard yeah in yeah. jamaica like bleaching cream is becoming like such a big thing I and had, they're like, a, so dangerous yeah lead mercury like that's insane i have like cousins who who bleach their skin and what's funny is my grandma said like that cousin who bleached her skin, she's not allowed to visit her until she's black again. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, you get tan again. If you stop using the the cream, oh, your, really? yeah, your complexion comes back. Yeah. I find so weird that. For example, in the U.S., everyone's like, I want to be tan. I want to be orange, yeah, you know, and like. Everywhere else in the world, that's different. Well, tan. White, that's, like, if that's, a white person's white. tan, it's attractive. If a black person's yeah, it's dark, it's, it's, it's ugly. It's my problem. It's, that's my whole entire problem with cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's, like, that's how it's that's how it's looked at. Uh, for most, like, like I, I argue with people. Okay. <laughs> well, I, argue with people <laughs> I argue with people about this all the time. Like, I don't care. I honestly don't care if someone says. Wagwan Rastaman and thinks it's funny. My problem with like cultural appropriation is that like there are there are like people who like complain if someone's wearing like I don't know like Jamaican attire. And Which like that 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 can be potentially problematic and here's what I mean. Okay. Like if someone like the thing with like my problem with like like white people and braids like Kylie Jenner, like inserting big lips, like having bigger lips and like having like braids is I saw like, and like cornrows and stuff like that. My problem with that is like when a black person does it, it's ghetto, it's unprofessional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like but I know when black they do people. It, it's fashion. Yeah, I know yeah. black people who can't get into schools because they have to relax unless they relax their hair. So I know people up. who've told me. I know I had like a teacher who said I look like a clown because of my hair. Oh, look, like, girl. Yeah. I've been, yeah. I've been told I had comedy hair. I've been told like, similar shit. Exactly. Too. And like yeah. white people are white people are complimented for having when whenever they have curls or having cornrows, or or quote unquote looking ethnic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's like it, you know it's really that's, weird cause that's like, the problem of cultural appropriation like my problem with all right so as much as i like kim kardashian because yeah. like frankly like i don't think she's done too much wrong for like her, the position she's in yeah she could fuck up a lot worse yeah that's but fair. um and but like the work that she has done that she and her sisters have done kind of like playing to this trend right now of pseudo ethnicism which is like where you're and you know 100 white they're armenian yeah but it's like at the same time it's like you're purposely confusing like people like with the big lips and the almond eyes and all of that just to like kind of co-opt these traits into a fashion trend exactly ariana you know? grande does the same thing yeah. i literally have the pictures <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Do you guys remember when Ariana Grande was white? Same wavelength. Yeah, word. Do you guys remember when she was white? Oh my god. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing with like, the same thing with like, like even my culture too, with like Jamaicans. I was gonna say with the dreads. Yeah, like with like with like the whole like smoking weed and, and dreadlocks not saying that like smoking weed is like a jamaican thing it's like something mm-hmm. specifically to do with like rasta rastafarians which is like a religious thing right oh. yeah yeah and like um so so like they're first off they're generalizing all jamaicans and they make it into this bad stereotype but then if bum ass bill clinton smoked like <laughs> smoked like like uh weed in like in co- Matt, his you college don't understand. dorm he didn't he didn't inhale. inhale yeah but like um <laughs> All right, like I, it's considered it's considered cool and and yeah. wow he's just he's just being young and like yeah, yeah like yeah. like young white kids have to try try drugs from time to time you know what i'm oh, saying right they have to passage ex- it's experimentation until you get to opioids yeah, do, you exactly. ever, do you ever feel like chinese culture is specifically appropriated like in america and how do you like how does that make you feel all right cultural appropriation in my opinion really really stings when it's for profit yeah. like there's no respect that goes into the gown you know they're chasing a trend um and that's kind of what upsets me but like on top of like the whole cultural appropriation is it's like as an asian woman like i almost feel like an accessory sometimes mm-hmm. you know like it it's like your investment banker like set where like you have your airpods and you're like i don't know like high-end suit and an asian wife and mm-hmm that kind of bleeds on to me because there's so many stereotypes that comes with it and yeah like that that have to like almost dictate who i love or who i can love or if i do t- happen to fall into that stereotype mm-hmm. like how i conduct myself and that that's just like i just just i mean it goes beyond feeling objectified it's like my asianness is an accessory not me as a person yes yeah, yeah and I, I think it's really important because it's like 
if you're saying like race wise i can't really say what i identify as but like my identity is so rooted in my femininity Mm -hmm. that it's like not even funny Mm. you know like in my feminine sexuality in like the traits that i find womanly and strong that's how i identify myself above everything else Mm -hmm. and like what influenced that is honestly like my upbringing yeah like quote-unquote what a woman should be and then what i learned along the way was like what a what type of woman i want that like what type of woman do i want to be i want to be a strong woman all right what does that mean Hmm. yeah you know and like i think i think that's how like my identity is kind of formed Mm -hmm. um like um independent of the like the initial cultural education that i received or like what i was taught in schools yeah Mm -hmm. I was going to, um, I had, like, I had a couple questions for you guys, um, in terms of, well, for one, in terms of the push-pull factor of having to, you know, in a way be scepters, or being forced to be scepters of culture, oh, that's beautiful, let's just give that a second. I think we're out, but it did kind of sound like... That's beautiful (laughs) sounding, um... ASMR. ASMR. Um, I was going to ask you guys, in terms of the scepter of culture idea um do you ever like how do you overcome have like the pressure of having to carry on the culture that your parents inherited whilst at the same time having to americanize yourself or code switch for others to make them feel more comfortable Ooh, i'm so excited to teach my my children all of the jamaican stuff <laughs> <laughs> like i think i think a big part of my i think a big part of my identity is my jamaican upbringing mm. Yeah, so I think mm-hmm. I, that's like one of the things I'm gonna focus on, like um. But at the same time, it's kind of like what my parents have to struggle with. Like sometimes, when I was going to school, like the teachers, uh, like my parents would afraid that teachers would complain and that people would think I'm unintelligent sometimes because yeah because yeah. I grew up like like, like saying a lot of the patois that my parents used to say. Like even a lot of my friends too like laugh at me, and like they, they like they like tease me for it, but. I think it's just because they don't. It's just because they don't understand the perspective. Because Patwa people don't understand that Patwa is like a separate language. Like I, I have, like sometimes I say me and my friend him, like me and my friends, or like sometimes I oh. I I use me a lot. Like that's because like in in Patwa it has like a completely different like mm-hmm. vocabulary and, and grammar situation. Like like the only like the only that's pronoun they have the only personal pronoun in like Patwa for example is is me am I. So you wouldn't say mine, you would say their meetings, meetings. Mm. Yeah, and you wouldn't say I, you would say me instead. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the same thing with like, and the same thing with like, uh, when I say like, like another example is like, there is no gendered pronouns. Everything is just im, I am. That's what I, it's funny that you bring that up because what I find really interesting is that nowadays a lot of, a lot of like people that are you know grew up with the western culture are saying oh you know we need to go gender neutral as if it's never been a thing before but if you think about it in a lot of different languages from different cultures and different countries they've always had gender neutral pronouns yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's not yeah i mean jamaicans didn't necessarily jamaicans except russian sorry really everything it's gendered. gendered that's the right Arabic too. there's so many different case structures that's true yeah there's a couple of languages though. yeah but yeah there's a lot of yeah yeah interestingly um when you speak chinese mm-hmm. there's no differentiation between he she it they oh uh, mm. well they're actually it's different for they but it's different in like um, written languages yeah written it's very clear what gender it is like for wow. instance there's a feminine form of you mm-hmm. there's normal form of you yeah um there is um the, the her written yeah but all of it like for instance her him and it are all pronounced ta but written differently oh okay. interesting yeah okay. and then um when it comes to you feminine you and masculine you it's mm-hmm. still me just written differently yeah. and it's it's really i think it's really interesting because spoken it's not automatically clear what you're talking about it, it depends a lot on like the situation yeah yeah, yeah. And then, which um, makes sense. Yeah, and it's it's really funny because a lot of shitty Chinese dramas would capitalize on that. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, just like show the person off screen. Yeah, or like um, Detective Co- like, um, I think Japanese is quite gendered as well. Yeah. But like, it's really interesting in Chinese because it's like y- when you sp- 
when you speak, it sounds the same. Yeah, that's when so you crazy. Write it, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it totally makes sense with what you said, like uh, like record context. keeping. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah, context versus when you're reading a book. Yeah. Yeah, but for the thing with those, like with Pato, though, it's 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 not. They didn't definitely didn't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. That's just like the product of uh, having many people from different cultures, like have having their their cultures taken away from them, mm-hmm. and them having to have like to find like a new way to communicate. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of like words in Patwa come from the original West African languages, like Portuguese and mm. and English, and just like a bunch of like it's a Creole, it's a Creole, Creole mm-hmm. language. Yeah. English Creole. Yeah. Hmm. English based Creole language. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. But on to your like what you said about the push pull factor. It's like I don't know. I guess I'm not sure whether it's true for you, Matt. But like yeah. um like I've been code switching. Ever since I had to, I guess, like, interact with people outside of the Chinese culture. Yeah. Mm. And then once that happened, I had to start code switching within my own, like, grow, like, my, my culture growing up as well. Because, um, like, I can't talk LGBTQ issues with my mom. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, like, and when I do, that sparks a debate. Um, I don't think that's like code switching, but it's like when she or my dad would say something extremely homophobic or ignorant, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost to the point where like I have to kind of realize that like oh, sorry. if they met oh, a person, if they met a person who. No, if, I'm just checking yeah. to see if it's still that's no, still recording. Right yeah. Now. Like if they if they met a person mm-hmm. who was like that, they would treat them no differently. Oh, wow. You know, mm-hmm. and. It's it's like it's basically like kind of parsing through how they've been socialized. Yeah. Which is terrible, you know. Yeah. And and then American wise, it's like really difficult to you know, I guess be full on Asian without falling into, because I don't really identify as like one of those people who are like Asian American. Yeah. Like full on stereotype, like hundred fifty percent bubble tea all day Asian American, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I that's not me really. So when I cold switch for that, I just kind of like be my bubbly self and try to be as I am. And I get hit with a lot of comments like, wow, you're in- incredibly articulate hmm. or like, wow, oh, you're so, your English is very good. Or, yeah. And it's like that goes beyond your language proficiency. That is a comment on like the way you are socialized. You know, yeah, it's like, exactly. wow, you're not one of those Chinese people. Yeah. You're not one of those Asians. You know, you're one of us. And that's almost, like, it feels very strange and very Mm -hmm. sickening. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's almost like a part of, like, getting any sort of opportunities in America. Yeah. It's just like you have to. You have to just, like, stomach it. You have to code switch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like. That's tough. Like, you know, I had to, like, basically change my, like, style of fashion for some of the opportunities I've had. Um, I had to change the way I look, the way I, you know, gather my hair. And part of it is, like, just corporate America. But the other, sure. other half of it is, you know, like, I want to be accepted. I want to be part of the team. Yeah. I want to be on the in. So how do I do that without, you know, like, like will they eat wood here? I don't think so. Give it, you one can, of those things. Yeah, you feel like sometimes you, you feel pushed to, to give up at least one aspect of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like there's also this, like, stereotype where it's like, if you're an Asian girl in college, you either have like, like I'm not gonna date until I'm 35, and like I'm gonna become a doctor, or like all of these stereotypes associated with you, or you're one of, or you're like one of those like crazy party girls, or you're one of those like opinionated Asian girls with the red glasses or like something like that. Yeah. You know, and if none of them are you, then, like people are almost like looking, people like short circuit. and that that's just kind of like it's weird it's a very strange feeling and i can't describe it as like positive or negative it's just like they short circuit Hmm. yeah um break tinder i was (laughs) i was going to say do you ever feel like you need to be do you ever feel like you have to take on the role of a of spokesperson for your entire culture if so i mean how does that how does that make you feel like do you feel like it takes a toll after a while to keep having to act as the spokesperson or the representative member of the the entire of your entire culture like how yeah. does that not feel? as a J- jamaican person but right, as, like okay. a, as a black person okay it's like like um 
Like, the thing is, like, not too many Americans are too familiar with, like, the small island of Jamaica well enough to to really, like, give a shit. They don't even oh, know okay. about Jamaica, Queens. So it's more yeah. oh, they, yeah, exactly. gr- they just see you and they're like, oh, you're black. Yeah, and like, then so- black person, quick. <laughs> can you can you say the N-word in a song? And I'm like, go ahead, say it. Get punched in the face. It's it's not my responsibility. Like, Yo. <laughs> like, I've had the N-word question asked to me, like, so many times. Seriously? Yeah. It's crazy. Wait, so they're like, excuse me, proposing to my... I'm proposing to my, like, long-time girlfriend. Can you please come over here, get on the, down on one knee, and, like, repeat the N-word? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's like, I like I like your accent. Can you say that again? It's just, like, the N-word instead. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, right. you, you know what I mean I'm talking about? With, no. like, Dexter's Laboratory? And it's, like, usually, like, something... Something from, like, a specific... Like, like it's, like, um... She's like, I like, I like your New York accent. Can you say that again? Oh, like your... the Alma du Fromage meme. So the original clip is like, he goes up real close, like, Alma du Fromage. Because apparently French is supposed to be sexy. Yeah. It is it's sexy. Alma like, du Fromage. It's, it's a sexy it's a language. Dexter's Laboratory? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it then, yeah. And how do you feel like these, the push-pull factors have changed now that you're in college? Do you feel like it's changed at all? Like, pe- Do you Ooh, feel like people careful. are more accepting or... Do you feel that as much or not really? I feel I feel less so. Like uh, okay, I feel That's good. more. Like uh, do you think part of it has to do with the diversity of the student body? Uh yeah. Or age or. Yeah, it's probably like the diversity of Macaulay. Okay. It's yeah. kind of lacking in that department. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna hold you with that. <laughs> I don't know. That's a fact. I feel like it's like it's not really college per se, but it's hmm. like also the city yeah like it's weird like i'm becoming an adult um mm-hmm. like learning to adult yeah trying to like take on initiatives by myself working with the greater america yeah you know and that's what's kind of making me feel like you know i try i really frankly like don't care as much about what people say about me or think about me or mm-hmm. like have any comments on my identity yeah. But, like, part of it also is, like, adjusting myself so that I can better work with people to make them feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and I mean... Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, for instance, like, there's a person who really is not cool with the sort of vulgar jokes I make. Mm-hmm. And even though it's so... It really is. Like, I don't even know how to explain to you guys, like, how integral it is to my personality. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and, But, like, for her comfort... I try not to oh, do that. Do anymore. I know this person if you don't mind me asking? Oh hell yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. But it's like oh, I yeah, and it's like it's just really weird because it's like there'll be more people like her that I have to not even keep like a professional relationship with, yeah. but like a friendship yeah. or like a networking relationship with yeah. in the future. And oh, I, hate that I have so to suppress this integral part of myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and Don. And like basically sterilize myself for yeah. the comfort of this person. Yes, mm, that's rough. You like, know, and it's like it's not their fault. It, it, it's kind of like conflicting too because like I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, I don't want to make them feel com- uncomfortable. I want to do my best to make people feel comfortable, whether it's like mm-hmm. it's because like if you think about it, it's almost the same situation as like for instance, if you're really against using like preferred p- pronouns, right? And someone asks you to use their preferred pronoun, you know, you're gonna respect that. Yeah, usually. yeah. for sure. You no, know, even though it might like make you uncomfortable, you're going to respect that because you want to make the person feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, I feel like it's a fine line because it's like, I have to suppress like you know, my love for like strange foods of my homeland, or like the whole sexual, like the sensual half of my personality to fit in mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like i don't want to be like a bleeding heart libby cuck cuck um <laughs> <laughs> and i say that as a joke but um because you know there are concessions you have to make in a real world mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, sure yeah you know but it's like i i just i have no idea how to like reconcile these two things and i think it's something that i'm gonna work on in the future yeah it's for sure it's and like tough. don't even get me yeah. started on like people who date you know <laughs> like yeah. can like you know, the dating scene for minorities, it's, it's you know, like, it's not even, 
it's like it's always navigating of like whether you're going to be fetishized yeah you know whether like a certain trait that's like you know for instance i've been told like chinese people tell me that i should get eye surgery because they're small but then i get told by americans no don't do it because that's what's going to get you that investment banker husband you know and i i disagree with both of these statements yeah Yeah. you know like i can't just be yeah 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 facts people need to let you rock i feel that one i'm not gonna trade in my i'm not gonna trade in my jamaican culture to make someone more comfortable because i feel like acting as a good representation of uh jamaicans or jamaican americans or jamaicans as some people refer to it (laughs) that's like that's gonna do much better for the for a culture than than just like going walking around bald and and listening to like the beach voice 24 7 (laughs) just to make other people happy because people tend to like 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 people tend to become more accepting of cultures they're around a lot more often and that's just what i want to push i mean look how far sushi came yeah. <laughs> Look at Muji. Oh my yes. God. Um, but yeah, like I do, I do agree white with that sentiment. Steal, yeah. White people are trying to steal sushi. Sushi, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I think you two left such a wonderful note in terms of retaining culture and passing that down, and you know, yeah. taking pride in that. That I feel like that's just the perfect way to like wrap it up. Yeah, so okay. I'm kicking us out sentiment. now. You know? No, I'm not kicking you out. No, She's I just thought that like... was such a high note that I just I, yeah. I feel like that. Yeah, no, right. I'm, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm serious. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Wendy, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. This Thanks was for so awesome. Thank you. I feel like I learned a lot. This was great. All right. So this is tea for three, where we sip the tea and spill the deets. Thanks for listening. All right, Amen. for me, 2020. Yes. Little more. Root for your girl, 2019. Yes, 20 minutes. Yes. All right, bye.